Welcome to Miss Yasai's and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama musical cast. Yes, as we alluded to, or outright said at the end of last episode, this episode of Riverdale is a musical episode. Shocking. We thought that the Pussycats episode was the musical episode, but it was not. This was a very musical season. You can tell that Katie Keene was canceled. Did you know that Roberto worked on Glee for many years? Oh, it makes so many things make so much sense, doesn't it? Oh, did he work in the at at the end of Glee, like during the bad years? I don't know <laughs> precisely when he was on the show, but I did something that could have been devastating this week. Oh, what? I listened to another Riverdale podcast. Oh, cool. Which one? Um, the Riverdale recap. It's on the Kowalski cast. Okay. Sort of fell into it from like Rob has a podcast, and then one of their podcasters had yeah. a Riverdale podcast. Blah 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 spiral, and I was like. Look, this could destroy all of my <laughs> beliefs in this show if I get someone else's opinion. I sort of have the same thing when I see I see like YouTube essays on what went wrong with Riverdale. And I'm like, I don't need to watch this. I've been in- inundated with it for five years. And if you tell me that it's something else, it will shatter all of my sense of being. <laughs> I have a distinct idea that they're problem that everyone knows what's wrong with it. Well, you know, I learned that they, in fact, also thought that Archie was working at the mine for free. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they think that Cheryl's a witch. She's clearly a vampire with well, witchy powers. I mean, I mean, now she's a cultist. Yeah, yeah. Like now she she says Gaia, but there's no way it's not like Dagon or Nartholotep or. Oh, totally. She is worshipping an elder god, and she will become his vessel on Earth. We all know this. But this episode is ostensibly about, I mean, it's called Next to Normal. It is, then they will mention repeatedly the play, the musical, the 2008 hit sensation, Next to Normal. Next to Normal. This was the first musical that Aaron Tevitt, who people will know, uh, he was in Geralis in the Les Mis movie. He was in that Grease Live. He was on Gossip Girl. Aaron Tevitt, very attractive, very good actor, mm. came to prominence being in Next to Normal. Okay, cool. Now, um, I've, I've never seen Next to Normal. I've never heard the music before. I'll say this right at the beginning. The music's good. It's real good. Look, Broadway and like the aughts, the mid-aughts, Good time for Broadway. Yeah, yeah that, that was entirely my jam. Now, but I've never seen it. Aaron, you've seen it once and you've listened to the music many times. I have times. listened to the original cast recording. Unlike Alice, I have not listened to it on vinyl. I bet I, I, bet I have heard it because I bet when we were driving together on your iPod, it probably came yeah. up. Because I do recognize... Some um, of the... We're al- I'm Alive, you probably recognize. I, I recognize Superboy, Invisible Girl. I loved that song. Yeah. So Betty does describe the plot of Next to Normal, but she describes it in the way that is relevant to her own life. (laughs) Yeah. So Next to Normal is about a family. Mm -hmm. It's centered on the mother, and the mother has bipolar disorder. And she deals with a lot of mental health crisis, and she deals with, obviously, hallucinations. We find out towards the end of Act One that the son that we've been seeing throughout the entire first act died 16 years ago. Ooh. And one of her coping techniques is to imagine that he's been living, living his best life. Mm-hmm. So Superboy and the Invis- Invisible Girl is the daughter singing about how her dead brother, she can never hold a candle to him. Makes sense. Her mom always prefers yeah. Gabe, her dead brother. Mm-hmm. And so Betty describes this as like a seemingly perfect family, but the parents don't love each other, which is like a revelation that comes up at the end end of the play (laughs) and in fact i think the husband does very much love his wife but the wife is trying to 
cope with her mental health crises. Also, that's, I mean, I guess that kind of is what their family went through. <laughs> sort of. Hal, the whole Hal Alice thing is too deep for us to understand. Which is why Hal does not appear in this. Oh, Hal will, in the perfect, in Alice's perfect family, it is Charles. Her serial killer son. Polly. Her dead daughter. And Betty, who I think she hates. She does seem to hate Betty. Yeah. <laughs> So, if there's one thing we learned for five years of this show, Alice hates Betty. So I will say, like, they make it appear... Okay, no, I don't have a problem with a piece of art taking a song and, like, re, um, recontextualizing well, the song to fit into that. Like, well, that's what they, song fic fan fictions are. Well, also, they, they essentially jukebox musical to musical. Yes. Yeah. The problem that I had with this was that Betty was like, this musical is just like my life. So every song that came up, I was like, absolutely not. Also, here's an interesting thing. Betty and Alice will only sing three or four songs. The other characters are also <laughs> singing. So I guess it also relates to everybody's life. Aaron, before we go and we do our... Uh, walk through talk through of this episode i have a question for you i might have an answer was this entire season built to do this episode i am terrified that it might be so because remember we talked about this entire season people made weird choices and there was a lot of like bizarre character turns and things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when they're singing the songs like they fit kind of well to they fit much better than any of the songs have ever fit before in the musical episodes which, which just makes me feel like the new from the beginning like oh we're going to do a next normal episode so, so let's get there yes like like jughead and tabitha's which, whole, like like Jug, jughead's character this season seems to be built so he has this line in his song where he says i'm lazy and a loner and a little bit of a stoner i'm like did they make him do all that stuff so he could say that line in the song? So it would be so perfect? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a fan of Jughead and Tabitha. We've talked about this. He's not a stoner. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, and he eats maple mushrooms twice. I mean, I guess, I guess if someone ate my, I'll call them a stoner. Would you call... Uh, not twice, but I said if somebody does... If someone did mushrooms... I don't know he, if it, I would call someone a stoner if they did mushrooms a lot, no, though. No, mush, mushrooms, I would say... I mean, I don't know what other term I would use. I would... Yeah, I can't think of a better one. Colloquially, I would say a stoner. Yeah. I would say for anything that's not really like... Like hard drugs. Hard drugs or alcohol. Or party drugs. Like if someone was always doing like Molly and MDMA, which I think is Molly, I'd be like... I call him a raver. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I I am a big fan of Jughead and Tabitha. I feel like it happening now is a little bit wrong. Oh, it's very weird. (laughs) Everything that happens in this episode, I'm like, this all should have happened at different points in the season. But they wanted to do this episode. And what are they going to do next week? Wrap it all up, I guess. Wrap what up? Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, Because this is Riverdale Season 5, Episode 18, Next to Normal. Next to Normal. So everyone's hanging out. Um, I I don't know why it shocked me so much that Fangs works with the White Worm. Of no, course I, he does. It took me a long moment to be like, wait, why, what? Fangs? Free drinks? Huh? Yeah, no. Fangs works the, as the White Worm because he's... Because he's not a trucker anymore because he can't travel. 
<laughs> yeah. And Tony owns the white worm, so. And they're essentially just going over Polly's death. And this is where we get uh, Betty explaining that once Alice, Polly, and Betty went to New York and saw Next to Normal. You know, musical came out on Broadway from the year 2009 until 2011. Yeah, we see a photo at the end that's them, at, I guess, at the Next to Normal show, and they're full-grown adults. It's like Riverdale <laughs> forgot that they skipped forward seven years, and it's currently 2027 yeah, in Riverdale. The best I can get, because we also know all the relationships. Polly was in, she was in The Sisters Quiet Mercy, and then she was in a cult, like, trying to figure out when exactly as young teens to adult or teen not young teens teens to adults that they went to new york and saw a play is is rough to figure out the best i can give the best i can think is that they went just before betty left for quantico quantico yeah i think between there was, university and quantico and there was like a 2020 revival and betty really got hooked on it so alice um what betty tells us is that the twins are fine yeah they're hanging out at Auntie Cheryl's house, which oh. does not seem fine. Oh, boy. Cheryl gets a lot of told character uh, growth in this episode that I do not agree with. We'll I, get into I don't believe it either. We'll get into that when that happens. So Cheryl explains, oh, yes. You know, the twins ask ask about their mummy sometimes, but I just tell them she's in a better place. And we put up a hummingbird feeder and we look at the hummingbirds and we know it's mummy coming to say hi. <laughs> and Tony's like... You're thinking about a person who's not you. You're, you've briefly considered another human being in a way that, man, I don't believe it. Ha it's as sweet as she puts it out to be. I believe it's very, very creepy, and it's done with weird cultish overtones. And I bet those twins have to wear red or black at all times. Yep. And I bet the only reason why it goes so well is because the twins aren't going to put up a fight. They're, like... They're 10-year-olds, <laughs> and they're also serial killers. <laughs> Oh, you remember that thing? <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, yeah, so the twins are with Cheryl, and Alice is not okay. She just hangs out at home at all times and listens to Next to Normal. So we cut over to seeing Alice, and we get our first uh, musical number. Uh, Alice sings around her home. It's very... It, it, I actually like this. It's very bright. It's very vibrant and fake looking. It and feels like a 1950s sitcom, but like a pastiche of a 1950s sitcom. Yeah, and when eventually Betty arrives, it actually goes right back to the Riverdale muted tones. I'm like, that's cool. They will never do that again. They do it like a little bit in some of the future numbers, but not to this extent. Yeah, they do it for when um, when Alice, Alice is playing the piano. Yeah, Alice is playing the piano a little bit. Um, when she's doing the... Uh, the, the dinner table one, kind of, but mm -hmm. it's still too dark. Yeah, they don't go to the extent they do for this, like, which they should be doing every time we're in Alice's mind. Yeah, I'm like, come on, you got to keep the aesthetics up that every single time a song is sung, it enters. Now, it gets a problem once other people start singing. Oh, yeah, we should say everyone's in this musical, not just Alice. Yeah, so it's not just Alice's <laughs> musical mental health crisis. Uh, it's everybody's musical being... <laughs> journey. I would, mm, if, like, Next to Normal had come to town or something, or, like, here's, a, we let them get away with this when it, they were doing the musicals at the school because the idea was everybody was involved with the musical. And everyone was sort of thinking about the musical. So it kind of allowed us to be like, okay, their thought processes are kind of changed by being part of the musical. That is the 
That's, that's, that's the just, conceit. Yes, the game we're playing. This one... Betty describes to them the plot as it relates to her <laughs> life, because she does describe it in such a way that Reggie's like, oh, man, uh, that's just what you're going through. Yeah, Reggie says, oh, jeez, Betty. <laughs> um, funny. But her vague description of this plot makes everyone sing the songs from it. I guess. I guess that's the conceit we're going with. It really just, just gets rocked in the second song when they're doing the, the mountains one, and I expected the vision like the the look to change and it never does and betty just starts singing to alice like it felt wrong so um before we get too far into what's yeah not happening we'll say what is happening is that in alice's 1950s pastiche grown man grown grown (laughs) grown full grown man charles is a football high school football star yep and Polly's dressed like a pink girl from Greece. <laughs> and Betty is also dressed in a poodle skirt. And they all sing the opening number of the musical. But actually, Alice is just zoning out in the dark. What I have to give this uh, this episode for doing that I really enjoy is Betty or Alice will hallucinate Betty, and then real Betty will come in the background, like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And I I love that. <laughs> use. Both the Bettys are there. I love seeing both the Bettys. Like that is. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so the show decides to do a bit of a segue because mm-hmm. they have Alice and sorry Archie and Veronica be like, "How can we help the Coopers?" Well, we just have to be there for them. Anyway, Archie, do you want to move in with me? <laughs> okay. And Archie before, misunderstands what Veronica says. Before we get in with this, though, did Veronica tell Archie she killed Chad? Like, absolutely ne- not. There like is next door, n- there is no way that Archie would be staying at the Pembroke if he knew that Veronica killed a man. <laughs> just like. I shot him over there. I don't think we're ever going to hear... A, maybe next episode. This episode was very self-contained. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she asks Archie, do you want to move in? And Archie... Sweet, <laughs> like, sweet boy Archie misunderstands and is oh, like... You want to live with roommates? How cool! <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you move in with me in my better place. And Archie's like, well, my house is bigger and one day we could have a family in it. Yeah, it says we can, we can grow into it. Can I just... I mean, you can't, well, Frank Jughead... And Eric, who does not appear in this episode, but is somewhere. I forgot the Jughead lived there. Oh, it was weird when he was at the dinner. In the, the garage, dinner. yeah. He was at the dinner. It was weird. Because <laughs> I totally forgot he lived in the garage. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm i going to be honest. I think the Pembroke's as big as, the, as Archie's house. I think so, too. But it's, it's like the entire floor of that. But Archie can't <laughs> fathom raising a family in an apartment. You have to have a house with a backyard. And Veronica, weirdly enough, is just like, okay, yeah, no, I guess I'll move in with you your uncle, <laughs> your, your PTSD hi- best friend, and our high school friend. Yeah, <laughs> this is a thing that Veronica wants. Veronica is enormously wealthy again. Yes, so she could just buy them a house, like not yeah. Archie. No, no, those guys could go live in a house. <laughs> she could buy a house for Frank, Eric, and Jughead, and just be like, "You guys get out! I'm living in this house with my boyfriend slash fiance." With the way the Riverdale works, she could probably buy the house next door slash across the street, oh. depending on where the Cooper house is. Well, and Riverdale is we well, know no Ri- one lives there. We know Riverdale's a mess. I'm sure she can just buy those houses for like rock bottom prices and then flip them. Yeah. Frank to flip them. They need more jobs. That's a scam that people love. Um. Anyway, now they're into that. Now we gotta go to another storyline that I can't believe is still ongoing. So Britta and Tony 
are still characters on the show with the same storyline as last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, it's a very similar storyline to Jughead's original storyline. So Waldo uh, Weatherby has found out from the janitor that poor Britta has been living in that closet that Jughead used to live in under the stairs. <laughs> Which is where every person, uh, when they are kicked out of the house or drink <laughs> blue blue liquid they liquid. find in the women's washroom. That's just where you go. That's where you go. Either to live or to die. Yep. Depending on your situation. Um, when Weatherby said, we have a situation with Britta Beach, I was like... Oh, you mean she's having PTSD from being kidnapped by the killer junkyard family? And Tony even asked that and goes, no, she got over it. Uh, she what? clearly didn't because her parents kicked her out of her house because it was her fault that she got kidnapped because she's gay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they go talk to a social worker, Miss Weiss, Brit- them being Tony and Britta. And yeah, Britta explains. I'm like, like, all you think is. Gay kids get kicked out of their houses all the time, and it's terrible. Why tag on this additional wild thing that her parents decided she got kidnapped by the Hills Have Eyes family? Not because she's a girl, which is why they are known to kidnap people. But because of her gay lifestyle. On (laughs) On the day she came out. Like... She could have just been kicked out because she was gay. Like, that yeah. is a thing that happens. We didn't have to add on the kidnapping thing. It just makes it ridiculous, and now I can't feel bad for her because the show is dumb. <laughs> yeah, because Make it's... me feel bad for her because it's a realistic storyline. Like, we've never met her family. We n- we've we never seen them, but they're the kind of people who are like, oh, you were kid... <laughs> you were you... kidnapped? You were, <laughs> you were kidnapped, kidnapped by hillbillies? Well, it's because you're gay. What? Do they think that the Hills Have Eyes men could tell that she was gay by looking at her? <laughs> it's not like she was doing... She was just walking by the highway, hitchhiking. That's not a thing that gay people do. Like, this is not a part of the gay I, lifestyle. I don't even know if she was hitchhiking. I think she just she just left because her family were jerks. She was out and for then a was, walk by and, the highway. And she was just abducted. So dumb. <laughs> so, um... She wasn't out there cruising like we know every single gay person in gay man in Riverdale does. Nope. She she was just for a walk. <laughs> so, um, Miss Wise will allow Britta to live with her for a while because she yeah. fosters lots of kids. And Tony will find her a real place to live. I don't understand why this is still a storyline. I thought the storyline was going to end with a Britta, or sorry, Tony and Fangs adopting a teenager to go with their baby. <laughs> Just growing a family even more. I was wrong. I, I thought it would end last episode. I thought there, that entire thing with the ham fist, a quick setup for here's a character, feel for this character, character's in danger. But no, we're still going. Can we talk about the fact that Fangs was like bear trapped around his ankle and he's fine now? Well, we don't know how long this was. So we we talk uh, we talked a little bit before the episode off mic about like how long in the Has future it been? is enough for I guess it's enough for him to heal because Betty in this next scene will go up to Alice and be like, "Hey, mom." You gotta move on. I'm like, man, that's entirely dependent on how long this has been. I mean, she what she means is, Alice, you shouldn't just sit in the dark looking at pictures forever. You should yeah. leave the house occasionally. But she doesn't frame it great because Betty has lost her empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she invites her mom on a hike. Her mom decides to sing the song, I Miss the Mountains. Would you like to know what that song is about? Is it not about missing the mountains? 
Yeah, but do you know what the mountains are? Experiencing life. This uh. is a song about how after when you go on medication yeah. for your mental health crisis, you feel muted afterwards. You can't experience things. You can't feel things. That's what this song is about. No, not about grief. No. Okay. So she's a, she's equating the side effects of taking medication to just grief, which okay. Like, she's literally looking at mountains. Yeah, because they went skiing in it this. Is, it is funny that Betty's like, hey, I'm going to go take a walk, like, kind of near the mountains. Mm. And she's like, do you want to come? No. I miss the mountains. <laughs> okay. Um, Betty also sings counterpoint to this. Her lyrics are mostly about, I miss my mother. I, I, I'm going to say, your mom ever been that great? Yeah. Like, which version of your mom do you want back? <laughs> the one who forced you to take Adderall? The one who into- institutionalized both you and your sister? The, the one who was the worst undercover agent ever? The one who gave away all of your college savings for real? <laughs> in, her, in her fake undercover. Betty should be singing Superboy and the Invisible Girl. No kidding, because she has always been the invisible daughter. Yeah. Uh, um, but... Okay, I mean, there we have to assume there was nice times before Betty was 16. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, right, we got to head off into another storyline here where Tabitha's... Pa- we meet Mr. and Mrs. Tate, who are Pop Tate's kids and Tabitha's parents. parents. Pop and Tate will not appear in this episode. But they do come to town to check out the thriving business that she took over from her grandfather, oh, and, and they hate it. Oh, they hate it hate the business. Tabitha's like, yeah, we can have Mother's Day. Oh, we know what date it is now. We do know what date it is. Okay. They get, we're gonna, we can have mother, <laughs> Mother's Day dinner. I don't know why that, that just hit us so hard. <laughs> because the show never tells us these things. And we know that Betty locked the trucker up over a long weekend. So that must have been Easter. So now we can try to timeline things. I'm not going to do that. Mother's Day is in May. I am not going to do that. I'm not going to do it either, but <laughs> someone could. Uh, so it's like, we have Mother's Day's dinner here. And Miss Tate is like, Mother's Day dinner here? We have a fancy Italian restaurant. And I'm like, oh, madame, that is a mafia restaurant. You should not go there. I mean, maybe not anymore. Hiram did kill the mafia. No, but it was also a mafia restaurant in when Archie was in the mafia. That's where we met Papa Poutine. It was, yeah. Also, a train goes by very close to that <laughs> restaurant. That is not a good place to be. It does. It's funny because in the original one, it was sort of set up as kind of a CD. Maybe Hiram got the train to move. Hiram is good at those kind of. Uh, okay, let's be real. Trains don't go through Riverdale anymore. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, they hate her restaurant. Now, um, admittedly, in a little a little bit of defense for Biz Tate, I'm not sure if I owned a restaurant, I'd want to. I guess they don't own it. She does. But I wouldn't know if I, I want to go to it. Because what if or... she has to work? What if she has to solve a problem? Yeah. It's like, like I don't want to go to my own job as a pl- place to celebrate. Like, I only did that when I was at a movie theater. And that's just because free movies, man. I was going to say, we used to go to my Earl's after performance night when we worked at the pump house. How did... And you were cool with that? Yeah, I always booked the reservations. Okay. <laughs> but I think that was because I was like, well, I work here. So we can get, like, perks. and. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so hearing this, Tabitha instantly decides to pretend Jughead is her boyfriend, but because... Jughead wants to be a real boyfriend. And I was like, oh yeah, you guys had a thing. Yeah. You've kissed before. They have. Uh, then they freaked out. Yeah. Anyway, so Jughead wants to be a real boyfriend. Tabitha's like, now's not a good time. Uh, why? Hey, why? <laughs> 
Yeah, it would be nice if she gave a reason. Like, I don't want to mess with you while you're trying to recover from your alcoholism. Maybe you need some more stability or, before getting into something. Or she could say, now that I have an investor from uh, Alexandra Cabot, I have to really focus on getting this restaurant And to... I won't be able to give you... Because she's franchising. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of reasons. She just says, it's not a good time. And Jughead's like, it's never a good time in Riverdale. Have you... Have you... Have you watched the show <laughs> that you're on? So they sing a song, Perfect For You. Which is a song between two teenagers and the teenage boy is trying to convince the girl who's like super hyper-focused on mm-hmm. school and her crazy mother. Yeah. Not that we should call people crazy, but paraphrasing. Yeah. To take a chance on him. And it works. Yeah. And then they kiss. Yep. And this is the one where I'm like, did they do this entire season to do this episode? 100%. So um, we get another quick song with Alice playing the piano with Betty and Polly. Then real Betty comes in and is like, oh, why is there a piano in this house? <laughs> yeah, I love I didn't even question it at first. I'm just like, yeah, it's a piano, whatever. Uh, no, she ordered it off Glamazon. I hate that. Glamazon. It's so weird hearing Next to Normal, which is a real play being put up next to Glamazon. Why does it have to be Glamazon? Amazon's not glamorous. Why do they say rainforest? <laughs> Or a different rainforest that I can't think of right the, now. The problem is that the way that they always do the fake names is always the lowest common denominator. It's true. They're going for the real low-hanging the fruit. The five seasons? There's not five seasons. Yeah, come on. Call it like the five continents if we're going to do that. I know there's not five continents, depending on how you count. <laughs> you can you can count up to, I think, ten continents. I think up to ten, down to five. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Betty invites her mom to go out for dinner. Yeah, well, go over to Archie's yeah, for dinner. Yeah, because Baby Veronica's... Steps. Yeah, it's out. It's yeah. either across the street or next door. Mm. Veronica's cooking something fancy. I refuse to believe that. It is proven to be true. I refuse to believe... Veronica's not... Veronica ordered that what? from New York City. And Why? then put it in the oven. Why make her cook? Like... Yeah. Veronica's like, not known to cook. Like, like, I understand that they want to not... I mean, here's the... Do they want to marry Sue Veronica? It's fine if she doesn't know how to cook. I think it's even funnier if she's like, I cooked, and then Jughead's like, I saw, I I was here when the skip the door like, guy came by. Like, like, why ever in Veronica's life, other than I guess she felt like it, would she cook? She's been, she's supposed to be the rich, spoiled girl. And she's like high-powered business lady working 14-hour days. When did she, oh, I guess when Chad made her quit her job. Oh, you, she you, learned to cook. You think you think Chad was like, you will now be the 1950s housewife. You need to relax. I hear cooking's relaxing. Maybe. Maybe. I, it's just, I know we're not doing the love triangle between Betty and Veronica and Archie, but like that would be one of the differences. Yeah, Betty, Betty bakes, <laughs> Betty cooks, Betty fixes cars. Betty is good at doing things. Veronica is good at having things. It's Here's the thing. It's not important. We don't need to dwell on that um, long. Alice says, no, no, we can't go for dinner because I'm going to make meatloaf for all of us. And we don't, get a favorite. Sh- we don't get a shot of Betty's face being like, Ugh, which we should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so over at the uh, Archie household, uh, Veronica's cooked. Frank and Archie get... Fun- okay, I just want to say, it's like Veronica has never met any of these men before. She makes a barefoot Contessa reference mm-hmm. and they don't get it. And she's surprised. She's lived... Like in she's this, known these men for I, a decade. I, I mean, I guess she did live away for. So she was only there for three years, and then moved away for seven. But years. like, why is she surprised that yeah. Archie doesn't get this reference? So, so they don't get the reference. Then Frank and Archie 
they're, they're, they get their text messages to go off and fight fires. I told you they got text messages. Aaron, that's insane. That is an insane way to man. They have to go to the fire station, then to the fire. Yeah, and you know, if there's something we know from Tabitha from the first episode of The Flash Forward, there's always a fire in Riverdale somewhere these days. And Archie will reflect that in this episode. He keeps fighting fires. Now... This makes Veronica sad. She's so sad. And she forgot that the man that she's dating is a volunteer firefighter, football coach, teacher, head of the ROTC, and a minor. What bugs me is Veronica should be just as busy as him. Veronica, teacher, head of Posh and Pearls, which apparently is thriving, also owns her own fancy jewelry store. She is you, aggressively pursuing her dreams, unless she quit once she paid off Chad's debt. That's what, like, do you think she closed, she just closed up her stockbroker company as soon as she paid off his debts? But I thought she opened the stockbroker company because she missed stockbroking. No, she did it because... She did it to pay the debts. It's just she also did miss stockbroking. And I thought she was very open about this and how she felt like she was like herself again while she was doing this. But I guess we're getting this storyline this episode. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica, after Jughead leaves, because he's like... <laughs> he's like, this is um, awkward. I gotta go eat in the garage. I kind of want more scenes between Jughead and Veronica. They are they are the... Um, oh, who are the characters from the OC? Who's Misha Barton's character? Uh, Summer and Ryan. <laughs> No, no. Uh, the, well, yes, they were yeah, once. They're, they're the Summer and Ryan. No, but we got we got some with Summer and Ryan. That's they, true. These are specifically the. Oh, um. Uh, oh no! Yeah, Misha Barton and Ab Seth Cohen, Seth Cohen. and Cooper. Cooper, let's Marissa, call Cooper. Marissa Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> these are the Seth and Marissa of this episode, where they should know each other, but they never like. I think Jughead looks at her face and he's like, oh, no, I see a musical never coming on. I got to go. Well, yeah, this is our first. Oh, no, it's not our first because Jughead did it. Um, But Veronica sings Superboy and the Invisible Girl. And, and this is like prototypical Veronica taking a song that has nothing to do with her life and putting it on herself. Because guess what, Veronica? You're not invisible. No, no. Your boyfriend just has other jobs to do. I'm sorry. You can't be mad that your boyfriend is going to fight a fire when you knew you were dating a firefighter. This this is the first time we have ever, ever seen Archie, quote unquote, blow off Veronica. And she's instantly like, no one pays attention to me. No one looks at me. I am invisible. It's like, I'm nothing without like, Archie. What? Are you talking about when has when have you ever been invisible? Yeah, you're Veronica Lodge. Your father, you you are the Superboy to Hermosa's invisible girl. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Shut up, Veronica. All right, so we get the, we get that food song I was talking about with Alice, Polly, and Charles. Yeah, this is the "It's Gonna Be Good." Mm. Which do you want to know what that song's about? Sure, and quickly getting electroshock therapy. Fantastic. Uh, Betty confronts uh, Alice with Polly's ashes and says, "How we go like see a Broadway show in the city?" And Alice on? seems to be doing a little bit better. Mm -hmm. This does seem to like get through to her a little bit. That she's like, "Oh no, I've got some real hallucinations happening." Alright, uh, time to get some problems. Uh, Veronica hears someone in the shower and just assumes out of the four men in the house, probably Archie. It's gotta be Archie. I, under 
This is the only bathroom in the house. I understand she's never lived with roommates before, but she has lived with her parents. Yeah, she knows that. She she understands the concept of more people in the house, right? Anyway, it's It's impossible to know. It's it's. Jughead is brushing his teeth, and Frank is showering. I almost said, "Is Jughead and Frank like no? They're not showering together." (laughs) Um, No, Eric will not appear this episode. No, Frank will explain that Archie decided to stay at the fat. Ooh. Archie decided to stay at the firehouse so everyone else could go shower. Because so I guess they do leave one person there to I hear guess, the alarm. I guess it was Eric. Yeah. that's where Eric was. Yeah, he was listening to the alarm. Yeah. And now Eric's sleeping somewhere <laughs> yes. in Archie's bed. No, Veronica was sleeping in Archie's bed. That's this true. house does not have enough rooms for the amount of men who live in it. Like, are Frank and Eric roommates? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Living in a Luke Perry Andrews old room. Yeah, well, we know Archie doesn't live in his, his dad's room. No. He's weird about that. Anyway. All right. Uh, quick, um, quick scene that doesn't matter at all. So I guess everyone quit Cheryl's cult? I think this is just in between ministries. Oh, so there's just no one's there at that no. moment. And Penelope's like, no one's in this church. Ooh, I guess your cult failed, Cheryl. Is that what she's saying? I wasn't yes. really paying attention to what Penelope was saying. I was just going off that Penelope's like just generally bugging her. Like, you said mine was a scam, but yours is a scam, you weirdo. And she's like, no, my God is Gaia and you are the devil. And then sings at her. And then she sings, didn't I see this movie? Which again is about losing your memory after electroshock therapy. Yeah, it's not about pr- doing but, an exorcism on your mother. But it mentions the devil. So I'm so furious. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> I guess we got to figure out more about Veronica's whole business which is going to come out of nowhere. So she is still doing her business, but she's also helping Reggie study for his stockbroker exam so he can be licensed. Yeah, Reggie's going to go in all over the place, isn't he? This this show is so bad at the concept of maybe people just having one thing. Yeah. Like, Reggie still owns a car dealership with his dad. Yeah, he's a partner. Like, I guess he can be a part-time stockbroker, but, like, it, like it's, it's, this show presents the idea that people get a whole bunch of different jobs just kind of, like, falling into them or for fun and not because people get a whole bunch of different jobs because they are struggling for money. So I'm actually, I'm okay with Reggie's storyline because I feel like Reggie's storyline, as small as it's been throughout this entire season, has been about Reggie trying to find himself and find what he is passionate about. And I think, you know, he thought like, okay, well, maybe it's working for Hiram. Maybe it's working with my dad. (laughs) And now he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe the thing I never found because I only went to community college and Hiram has been keeping me down and my dad's been keeping me down. Maybe stockbroking. Yeah, so good for him. Veronica watches him be passionate and is like, I hate his joy. I'm so jealous of it. Also, it seems very good that you're going to be rich, Reggie. Very yeah. good. So it seems like she is ups- like she wants to be a New York girl. Oh, again. yeah, because during Superboy and the Invisible Girl, she kept stroking this postcard oh, of New York City. And she says, like, get out of this town. And I'm like, You've been in this town for, like, six months. Also, you chose to come here. <laughs> like, you ran away from your husband to Riverdale. Man, yeah, it's we were being like, oh, my God, I've been so much inflicted upon by this stuff. It's like, have you? Like, don't get me wrong. Chad is bad. But he's also dead now. Yeah. So. N- nothing's controlling Veronica. Nope. 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 Uh, and I'm like, that's, a, that, like the, that's kind of a cool dynamic of Archie... And Veronica, and Veronica's like, oh, 
do I want to be the small town girl or the big city girl? Do I want to be the she-wolf of Wall Street again? Which she does. She has very clearly stated that numerous times this season. Yeah. So it's it's just weird that it comes up now. Like, I don't know. Like she forgot her storyline. <laughs> so um, as Alice and Betty are about to leave, Paul, Hallucination, Polly and Charles come in like, hey. I'm alive. Eh, eh. Which Charles is alive. Charles is alive. He's a serial killer who's in jail. Yeah, she can go visit him. Yeah. That- she she shouldn't because last time she gave him the tools he needed to break out <laughs> um, and marry them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and right. so right, do- Alice is ordained. Alice is or- ordained. No, no, is that, you know- but maybe only for one day only? No, I can't remember what it, what it is. It's not, it's not ordained but because I think it's like fully becoming a priest. But there's something you can do that's just... I can marry people. Yeah. Um. So they sing "I'm Alive," and then it's a counterpoint to "I Am the One Who Knows You," which is sung by um the main character's husband in the musical. Mm-hmm. And Betty sings it. Yeah. And it doesn't work great because Betty keeps talking about how I'm the one who knows you. I'm the one who stayed. I'm the one who won't go away. And I'm like, which is immediately brought up here by Alice being like. You left. I begged you to stay. And I'm like, well, that's See? untrue, Alice, because what? you specifically <laughs> took her on a road trip to university early so you could get over, like, the trauma that was the end of season four. Yeah, like... And then Jughead lived in your house. Yeah, like, you had a... You had a... You were, the idea was, like, we're going to have a mother-daughter trip So I can take you to college. A fun thing. What, did something happen off screen where she's like, actually, don't go anymore. Begged you to anyway, stay, and then she blames Polly's death on her. So just like Polly blamed Polly's problems on uh, Betty as on well. Betty, so okay. All Alice. right. Uh, quick scene here with Miss. I thought there was going to be a song here. <laughs> I thought so bad there was going to be a song here because Mister Tate is Hiram lodging. He is Hiram lodging Jughead Jones. He is sitting in like a classic like 1914 not 1940 <laughs> town car with a chauffeur the tates are rich yeah who knew yeah and then he like vaguely threatens jughead with like uh, tabitha will get over this like tabitha's veronica yeah he tells jughead basically that he's a phase and then and the jughead says you remind me of hiram lodge and then mr tate <laughs> says i don't know who that is so, which is very funny but there's no way that's true no i uh, entirely believe that's true hiram was like a notorious white color criminal that's like not knowing who the guy yeah, who aaron i don't think he's as impressive as, the, the, as everybody else thinks he is okay but i read the first book like when he got taken mm-hmm. down Everyone in New York City was well, like, like Veronica tried to go shopping mm. and they threw her out of the store laughing at her because they knew what was going to happen with her father. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Tate's from Chicago. He doesn't care about New York. I'm just saying. Like, nah, Chicago. It's like not knowing. Uh, Bernie Madoff. I, yeah. Nah, Chicago. You know what? Maybe he doesn't care about, I was going to say white people problems, but the lodges aren't white. <laughs> That's true. We're thinking of the comics still. So, anyway. <laughs> so uh, back at, uh, speaking of the lodges, um, Archie has missed dinner again. Because he has been putting out fires. <laughs> Another fire? And Veronica's like, I want to have a check-in conversation about who we are and what we want. 
<laughs> Where do you see yourself in five oh, years, Archie? Can we point out, Veronica will never fill in her side of this conversation. No. She's, she. What she means is, let's have a checking conversation where you tell me wh- what you want, and I decide if that's what I want. And Archie tells her the most unsurprising thing that any human has ever said. And not only that, the Vegas thing. He says, in five years, I believe I will be in Riverdale. And he also says to her, I don't want to hold you back from what you want. He, he... He doesn't say like, oh, I want to grow up in this house. I want us to have two kids and those kids will grow up and they'll grow up in this house. He says, I want to be in Riverdale. Which should not come as a surprise to the woman who has been dating him for an indeterminate amount of time. Like, like, would he be working this hard to save the town if he didn't want to be there in five years, Veronica? Yeah. But she's like, oh, my God, he wants to stay in Riverdale. It's like, you have a business in Riverdale. Yeah. Like, why are... You know Archie, right? They, like, you've had a conversation with him ever? They've taken what could be a very complex emotional situation, and they try to pull it back later. It does not work. Does not work. Down to, do you want to be in Riverdale, or do you want to be in New York? Like, but she does not even ask Archie that question. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. A uh, quick check-in with um, Tony. Check Real in. hard to find a place for a teenager to live. Fangs has a great idea. Fangs is a terrible idea. Yep. Fangs suggests you know there's one person who's been getting better and i'm like who are you talking about who could you possibly be talking about i totally thought it was going to be him being like i think we have room in our hearts for a teenager too no because his lead up does not match his conclusion where he's like it's a person who's really been showing that they care so much about this town and they care about other people like i do it frank (laughs) <laughs> is this Archie? Do you think Archie should adopt a teenager? There's too many people who live in that house, Archie, Archie can't adopt a teenager. Eric? No, Eric can't adopt a teenager. He's gone through a whole lot of things. Jughead? Well, I, he lives in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could. I mean, he really all proves that he does eventually step up to the plate. I know who it is. Tabitha Tate. She it's, really wants to invest in infrastructure in town. Actually, he's talking about, about Mr. and Mrs. Tate. They're just rolling through, but they seem like really nice people. It's like, what? No, none of them. Who else could there be? Who could there be left? Hiram Lodge? No. No, Hiram doesn't care about Riverdale. Reggie, he's going to become a stockbroker. Perfect. No, he thinks Cheryl should. He thinks Cheryl has really grown. Cheryl, who has been sending men into a poison mine. Without paying them. Cheryl, who is a vicious industrialist capitalist. And... And also runs a cult. Like, she, and apparently got enough money from the Palladium that she could save the town, but really had to get pushed by Archie. Didn't think of it until Archie brought it up. Yeah. No. And said he was going to stop mining if she didn't do it. Yeah. Cheryl showed no growth over the last seven years. Showed no growth over this season. There's nothing with Cheryl that makes me think, yeah, this girl should look after a vulnerable teenager. Well, Kevin, she told the twins that hummingbirds are their mom coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Which she might literally believe. <laughs> because she thought that bird was Jason. Bird was Jason. <laughs> they heard that story. They're like, oh, it's a beautiful metaphor. And Cheryl's just like, yeah, those, that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's your mom right there. All right, we're going to... Okay, now you're... Jason's Jesus, but your mom can be like, I don't know, Moses or something. We'll add her to the Pantheon. It's Uh, fine. Oh, she'll be in there. We'll make it work. (laughs) So 
this insane scene is followed up by a second insane scene. <laughs> Where Betty and Kevin talk for the first time this season, I think. Talk maybe for the first time ever. She calls him to meet her in the music room at school because her house is too sad. It, look, this entire scene is a big setup so they can just sing at each other. Well, and then Kevin gives very ironic advice about, like, being there for people during difficult times. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Kevin, your child? Yeah, like how you've abandoned your child? <sighs> so then they sing a song. It includes a line, I never had to face the world without her, which I think she's referring to her mother. And that's and I'm not like, true. That's not true. You've that's never, not true. You've, you've never had your mom at your side. The most you had her decide is this season looking for Polly. Remember the time that her mom stole all the answers to the quiz bowl and then gave them to Betty and then Betty refused to look at them? Yeah. And then Betty got implicated in cheating at the quiz bowl anyway? Mm-hmm. So, and then in this song, Veronica joins in singing. Well, Alice joins in. Well, then. everyone joins in to sing Catch Me, I'm Falling. And then Tony as well? Which is weird. Tony, Why is Tony singing in this song? Because she's going to have to talk to Cheryl. Oh my. And that's like falling. Yeah, I guess. Um, so meanwhile, it's Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and Tabitha's parents are basically just being mean about Jughead at any <laughs> turn they can. And Tabitha's like, whoa, be nice to my business. Be nice to my boyfriend. I'm achieving good things. You guys are kind of sucking right now. Unfortunately, she doesn't really say that. She just, Jughead arrives and she sings at him, and then they leave. They do leave. They just full-on leave that dinner to go dance in their garage. Yep. (laughs) They also Uh, sing a song about teenagers falling in love, so. Yeah, all their songs kind of fit. It's fine. Their songs are all, they're the Natalie and Henry songs, so they're teenagers falling in love. So Tony visits Cheryl, and. Then she compares Britta's coming out story to Cheryl's. Which. Which, oh, no, Cheryl did. Remember, she got got sent to the. Yeah, she did get institutionalized. No, it's, yeah, no. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, but that's not a reason for someone to, like, that's, like, your coming out stories were similar is not usually a strong enough reason to be, take care of this person. Cheryl calls her precious cargo, which is a fun way to refer to another human being that you're being told to take care of and raise and nurture. Who's not a baby. So. That's a thing people say, look, my baby, precious cargo on board. Yeah. Um, Um, Then Tony's like, Cheryl, I've learned over the past year that you have a huge capacity for love. How, when, where. Who, what. Who, no, Cheryl loves herself and Jason and Jason might be her. Remember when she. Did that key party for fun and hijinks? Yeah, because she wanted to break up as many people. Yeah, she, she just... wanted to break up Fangs and Kevin so that Tony would not have her baby at Fangs and Kevin's house and come live in Thornhill, I think. I think she wanted to just break up as many people as possible. Remember she wanted to ruin the town because she was sad? Because if she can't have anyone, no one can have anyone. And that's who should be raising a child. Yeah, someone who... You don't know if maybe in the next month will all of a sudden just her switch will flip again. And she'll just want to destroy the town. So Cheryl that's not says great. yes. Yeah. Okay, so here's another insane scene <laughs> in a very, very, very muted scene. More dark than any scene we've seen at Riverdale. They yeah. sucked all the color out of the Andrews house. Mm-hmm. Veronica explains to Archie that when she was with Chad, she felt muted. She lost herself. And being with Archie makes her feel the same way. I'm starting to f- feel that again. I want to go back to who I was. I'm like, who are you? We've watched this show for five years. 
I cannot tell you what her character is because I don't think she's any different than her old character. And Archie is not holding her back from anything. No, no, you're doing all this. Chad barely was holding you back. You opened a business. You started a stockbroker. That's why I said I was watching the scene and I like paused it and I looked at mom and I was like, that seems like a Veronica problem, not a relationship problem. Yeah, like, I, I here's the thing I think, the problem I think Veronica's actually dealing with. She, when she enters a relationship, she does want to just fold into the relationship and do nothing. And she wants, she wants to lose herself in the relationship. She does not want an independent life. No, she, wa- she wants codependence. But she wants to be able to do the things that she wants to do in the codependence. Yes, she, she, she wants, I think this might be how she ended up with Chad. She wants someone who will do the exact same things that she will do. At the times that she wants to do them. But she does not want to be the one in charge. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, she wants somebody who will be able to, without her saying, know exactly what to do in every single moment. And if they don't, she's like, oh, I'm being oppressed. And so then Archie is like, oh, I'm so sorry you felt that way. You've given me no indication that you were unhappy at all. You've lived here for two days. Do you think that maybe moving in together after dating for a week was too fast? And maybe we should just have some fun and date for a while. (laughs) Archie's trying his best. And Veronica's like, like, no, we're not in high school anymore. We can't go back to having fun. We're 25. I'm like, no, that's something you could definitely do. Probably easier when you're adult and your brains are fully... Yeah, this seems like exactly the time to have fun and date and get to know each other as adults. (laughs) It seems like the sort of, like, what you're describing is what high schoolers will do. No, we can't go back. (laughs) We'll just have to go to different universities and never talk again. So dumb. So dumb. Uh, So she is going to move out. She's lived there for two days. And she is going to break up with Archie and probably never speak to him again until next season. Or next episode, who knows. So back at the Cooper house, Betty took the record player away because it was a problem. <laughs> I, I, we're keeping the piano, though. I like it. <laughs> um, Betty's going to say, God, there's so much this season of stuff that happened off screen, which I understand. It's been seven years, but it's too much. Well, and they, they expect us to, like, feel emotions about stuff that we have no emotional attachment to. Betty says, I made you a promise that I would come back to Riverdale. Like, you joined the FBI. She may have made that promise, though, um, after FP left. I think she did say to her mom, like, I'll be back for holidays. Yeah. But it appears that they still spent holidays together because they went to see Next to Normal. Which, when we see the photo, they are adults in. And I refuse to believe that she didn't come back for at least some... Like, once she joined the FBI, yeah, sometimes you don't get holidays off. Especially if we see her, ha- like, talking with... Like, if she didn't shut out Jughead, why would she shut out her mom? Well, and also she'd have to come back during, like, holidays. Yeah. Because the university closes and you can't live in your dorms anymore. And uh, we know that she lived in a dorm. Well, maybe, maybe it's different in there, down there. Anyway... So it's, it's yeah, it's weird for her being like, I promised that I came back. I didn't come back. Well, it's so much her apologizing to Alice. And they, like, don't give us a compelling reason for why she never came back. Well, I mean, I'll tell you why she never came back. She joined the FBI. But she- after. 
<laughs> she, I'm sure she, anyway, Alice is an abusive mother who has treated Betty extremely poorly oh. over her entire life. Yeah, so I put, I wrote this down. They now do the song, which I guess is the next normal, like the song from Next to Normal, um, mm-hmm. where Alex, like, so she's like, I want a normal family, which actually is true. Like, Alice's motivation has always been, she wants a normal family. That's why she was so abusive to her children. But, yeah, what I got from the play, like, well, it is a form of abuse. A lot of the play is based around mental health and grief. And mm-hmm. Alice's might definitely still be mental health, but hers was based around abuse. Yes. Like, I wanted a normal family, so I abused my family. And it doesn't have the same... It's like when she did the Carrie... Like, when they match up with Carrie's mom. Well, and the thing is, like... Alice has never, I don't think, I have never gotten the sense that Alice has actually made amends to Betty. No. She has, I don't even know that she's apologized to Betty. She might have, she might, I think I do, I think I do remember of crying and apologizing. Doing the cry thing. I'm so sorry, but like. I'm sorry, she needs to try harder. She needs to try harder with her poor, extremely damaged daughter. We, We talked about this at the beginning of this season, that they put so much on Betty being like, and Polly as well, being like, you left and never came back. I'm like, Polly, you were the older sister. Yeah, why are you expecting your little sister to take care of you? Yeah, like she, Betty got into a good position. I mean, she also got kidnapped by a serial killer. But she you know, kind of liked it. You know why she got kidnapped by a serial killer and why she takes unnecessary risks? I don't know. Because of her upbringing? Because she always feels the need to prove herself and to feel something? Yeah. All right. Well, but this gets through to Alice and they decide they're going to have a memorial. We get a really weird scene where Jughead, Tabitha, and Kevin are getting back from the memorial. But then we see the memorial well, and, later. Yeah. And they also talk about how they're so happy that there was a memorial. Yeah. Then we see the memorial yeah. later. So time is getting fluid here. So then we go to Tony and Fangs, who are like, whoa, I'm sure gla- glad whoa, that Britta is living with Cheryl. Cheryl and Britta are really getting along. God, when we see Cheryl and Britta, Britta's not going to grow up normal. Cheryl is making Britta into another, like, what's, they. What's she adopted her? a redhead and is forcing her to be a weird blossom. Yeah, was her hair red before? Yeah, it was. We should have expected this. We should have yep, expected yep. this. Fangs, you can't put a redhead in the Blossom House. You can't do it. Britta is not going to have a good time. No. <laughs> no. But you know who is going to have a good time? That love storyline they set up last episode between Fangs and Tony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to come to roost this episode. It, it it comes out almost like they're shocked about it because it's <laughs> like, hey, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. And you want to know what I feel? <laughs> Sorrow at the bottom of my heart for poor Moose. <laughs> may, hey, maybe Moose just wanted to have some fun. That's fine. But we never will get to see him again. Yeah, man, he, they really brought that actor back for one scene. <laughs> A scene where you couldn't even tell it was him. Yeah. Um, so, so without Kevin in there to drag them down. Now they're happy. Yeah. So we have the final song. Um, Alice is moping. Mm-hmm. Either before or after the immemorial, it's possible to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Al or Betty sings "Light," which is the song that Natalie sings with her mom at the end of the musical. So, end song. You know, we need some light. Things yeah. might not be okay, but we gotta try. So, um, Alice and Betty look at that photo we've been talking about this entire episode. Well, Veronica packs up all of her stuff, <laughs> and poor Arch, all of Archie's roommates are out, and he's just sitting alone in the dark on the he, couch with a mirror watching Veronica pack. I was confused why he's dressed nicely, and I was confused why, because this is after the memorial. Yes. 
<laughs> um, Tony and Fang sing with a baby doll. That's yep. a doll. I mean, yes, uh, in in show with a baby. Archie and Veronica continue to break up musically. I, I'm going to be honest. Their breakup feels like it is on par with the I do not care at the Tony and Cheryl breakup. Like, why are you breaking up? I, I don't zero. I didn't want them to get together anyway. You you literally were to like, uh, oh, it was exciting when Veronica was kind of cheating on her husband with you. But the second that the, no, there was nothing in your way. Oh, no, you couldn't deal with it. I mean, Archie's dealing with it. It's Veronica who's like. I know. I'm always talking to Veronica. Yeah, we, ugh, I hate Veronica. <laughs> yeah, she's bad. Um, then... Then Kevin? Okay. <laughs> He's looking to, at something on his phone. We have to describe the scene in its entirety. Okay, go for it. Kevin is sitting in Pop Tate's, solemnly looking at something on his phone. Tabitha comes over and puts down a takeout bag mm-hmm. and then pours him another cup of coffee. Which is a weird sequence of events. And I just... And then she don't understand anything about Kevin. And then she looks at his phone, and we don't see what it is. Maybe it's a picture of Anthony. I don't know. Where does Kevin Keller live? <laughs> I mean, he used to live with Cheryl. Yeah. Do you think he lives with his dad? He lives with Archie. It's... He's one of the roommates. <laughs> he, I guess he's going to move into Archie's room now that Veronica moved out of it. Oh, yeah. Him, yeah, him and Archie will just share a bed. It'll be fine. Um, um, oh, yeah. So we have a brief scene where Cheryl and Britta are playing chess, and Britta is dressed like a blossom. Br- Britta is dressed like Wednesday Adams. Like, you it's know. the full-on, like, kind of, like, rocky, like, mm-hmm. all black. Yeah. You know, cute sport girl Britta. Yep. Full-on blossom now. Yeah. Oh, man, so bad she's not going to do mechanics or football anymore because... She's not allowed to. She's a blossom. Nope. Now she's going to be cheerleading because... That's, that's what blossoms that's do. What blossoms do, and she's going to be... Kevin, unless she's going to replace Jason, because then she can do football. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's worse. That is actually definitely worse. Um, and then we see the memorial, and they all sort of stand in a line and sing at a <laughs> at a tombstone. And Veronica is so thirsty for Reggie. She looks at him with the, like, oh, you're going to be rich. I can only date a rich guy. I can't date a poor guy. Look on her face. Was that the feeling in that scene? Like, not not this scene. I mean, earlier when Reggie was doing a stockbroker thing. Was I supposed to take out of that? That's what I'm worried about. Uh. This storyline, I don't think they meant to do it, but it reads like Veronica being like, oh, the reality of dating a poor is that he's a poor. Yeah. He doesn't work the type of work that I want to work. The classy work. Honestly, I think Reggie and Veronica would be better. Way better than Veronica and Archie. Yeah. And I and I think their mutual forms of terribleness would probably balance out. Ver- I don't know. Veronica's fine. Like, it's so weird how much Veronica entirely shifts depending on who she's dating. Like, it's like she's not a character. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Aaron. Hey, Kevin. So what did we learn? Well, I learned that is utterly infuriating to me when I know a show too well. Yeah. And someone tells me, this show is just like what's going on in my life, and then it's not. I think if Betty hadn't said that, I would have liked this episode more. But you don't know Next to Normal, so how do you feel? Well, I mean, so throughout the throughout the, the songs, they, they're obviously line changes. Um, Tabitha actually calls Jughead. Jughead, and you said mm. the character's name is Henry. Yes. So I guess syllable. Yeah, little little syllable thing. Yeah, yeah, it works there as long as they don't have to rhyme anything with Henry. Then we're all good. 
and there are like some like she changed to he and mm-hmm. stuff like that throughout well, it. You said in the play the son is dead. The son is dead. And there's a sister and the sis- sister which yeah. would be I guess Betty in this case. Yeah and the sister is like a really high achiever like really really smart. So that line where Alice says oh my daughter is a genius but she's a freak Yeah, is about <laughs> her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and she is kind of a freak. Yeah. So you know that fits that fits pretty well. Um, I mean I spent a lot of it just trying to figure out how these songs piece. Like, it's too distracting for me to be, like, like trying to figure out, well, how did this fit in the the play versus this? Like, I wasn't too focused on the show at all. Yeah, you know, the, I Especially think Especially was- when they fit too well. When they fit too well and when Jughead was like, I'm lazy and a, and then a stoner, I'm like, no, what? No. No. Is that... I almost was wondering... Is this song an original song? No, they had to all be from next to normal, especially when she has Jughead. And... Do you think it would have been better if Betty hadn't, like, tried to bang us over the head with this play is just like my life? Um, I think it would be better if they didn't do a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I love when shows do musical episodes. Like, I love the Scrubs musical episode. Obviously, Buffy was more with feeling is great. But you got to earn it. And this does one every single season, and it never feels earned. I retroactively give the the school ones a little bit more leeway now, except for Hedwig. Hedwig was a Hedwig rough was one. insane. Carrie was terrible because it focused on Alice somehow being redeemable. Um, Heather's it, was about the cult. Yeah, but I'm giving them a little bit more because at least when you think about I'm making a TV show and I'm doing a musical episode, the the reasoning around that one made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. I said it in the episode that... Yeah, there's a reason that the characters are, like, viewing their life through the lens of the musical. But, because that is what happens when you're in a play. Like, you do really start to relate things to the play. But this one, like, as soon as Jughead started to sing, which I think he was the first one outside of Alice and Betty, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is happening? Well, and they treated this like a real musical, too, where the songs progressed the plot forward. Mm-hmm. They weren't just set dressing. No. Like, people came to realizations during the songs. Which is what is makes a musical a musical. But because, like, man, Veronica singing the Invisible Girl song, I'm like, this, was this her character arc? Yeah, did we know that Veronica feels invisible? This is her thing now? This would have made way more sense at the beginning of the season when she was, like, working in that jewelry store and, like, trying to regain her she-wolf status. Yeah, like, it, it just, this episode felt like they, they were like, we gotta do a musical, either because of obligation or because they were like... We like it. We want to do a musical, but you didn't deserve it. It just felt weird. Like, the, here, the show isn't weird enough to get away with this. No, it's there's no magic in this world, despite what they keep well, not, showing us. Well, not even magic. The, sh- the show, as bizarre and insane as it is, it's in a soap opera way. So, like, it is not weird. Like, if Pushing... Remember Pushing Daisies? Mm-hmm. Pushing Daisies did a musical episode, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is a very weird show. Or if Psych did a musical episode. Like, they, they did do a musical episode. I have never seen it. They did do a musical episode. I believe you. Yeah. But um, that was... I had not seen it, so I used that as an example, because <laughs> yeah. I did not know. Yeah. Um, but like Riverdale, as much as they keep doing musical numbers, it always feels weird. It's always like, what? Wait, Riverdale's a musical? Okay.
Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Though this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment when Logic was a musical? Okay. I am picking the fact that Archie is barely in this episode. <laughs> he got one line to sing. Literally one sung line. And, like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, I guess you're, like, reinforcing Veronica's belief that she's alone. But in reality, it's like KJ Appa had to be somewhere else this week. <laughs> well, because I didn't... Well, he... His storyline doesn't relate to Next to Normal. No, so they're like, Ugh. There's nothing in Next to Normal about I want to save a town. There is not. It's about the household, not the township. Yeah. I feel like if Veronica wanted Archie to maybe pay attention to more, she could just, like, actually reopen the fire department. I mean, the problem is the people. Like, you need people. But, like, I don't know why she was surprised by this. Like, yes. she knew who he, who he was. Yeah, yeah, the surprise is weird. But, yeah, so Archie wasn't in this episode. Not really. No. And he usually gets lots of songs. Yeah. Cole Sprouse got so many songs. Oh, he did. He KJ did. Appa got one line. This is like a flip of like every other musical episode. <laughs> yeah, usually Jacka doesn't get much at all. Uh, Kevin, what's your CW moment? Okay, mine is entire. Like I'm going to give the entire thing. It may not entirely match what a CW moment usually is, but it's a musical moment, and it is every single moment Charles is on screen. It's so unsettling. Oh, well, and and like. <laughs> The, I don't know who the actor is, but man, he is going full in. He's having the time of his life. I love it. So when in the first uh, musical number, when everything's bright and he comes sliding at, in out of nowhere behind the uh, the sofa, I'm like, okay, I'm watching you every musical number. Look, I don't think the actor is that old. Like, I think he's in his early 30s. Yeah. But because they are dressing him up as like a high school football store star, he looks like he's like a 45-year-old man trying to reclaim his youth. Like... <laughs> A grown man in a community theater production of Grease. But he goes at 110, and it is beautiful. Like, Polly doesn't hit it as hard as he does, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's ridiculous. Bless him. Uh, Y'all, it was really hard to pick a CW moment for this episode because this entire GD episode is a CW moment. Yeah, I could have just said every every song that wasn't Alice and Betty. Yeah. Every, every song that was outside of Alice's POV. Every storyline in this episode is a CW moment. I mean, yes, yes. This, Except for Alice and Betty. Yeah. This, it feels, a lot of storylines feel very self-contained. Like, I mean, we're kind of done with that. Yeah. Ne- I, you know, we brought this up at the beginning, but Kevin, I have a question for you. Yeah. Next episode is the last episode of the season, and I have no idea what could possibly happen in it. I think we got to get one last thing from Hiram. Yeah. Veronica, do you think... Oh, my God. Do you think somehow Veronica and Hiram are going to be like, now we're teaming up because of Veronica's like, I couldn't be. Any- what? I I have to be back back to who I was, which is working with. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know what it'll be. There's no more storylines. So if you have any ideas. It's going to be a full it's going to be a full episode of just spinning wheels. And then there's going to be one thing at the end that's going to be like a. Set us up for season six ooh, in five weeks. It's going to happen in five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you have any ideas of what could happen next episode, please let us know. We're on the social medias. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And look. I happen to know there are other Riverdale podcasts out there, and they're, like, pretty good. So give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice so people know 
that we're the ones. Yeah. We are the ones who love you. We're the ones who have always been there. More lyrics. All right. Uh, and you can uh, catch my books. They're available at kevinweirbooks.com. And I'm over at a flimsyplan.com. And we will see you all next week. Are Archie and Veronica finally over? Can Alice move on from Polly's death? Is Britta going to be okay? Answer us all this and more in the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? They sent her a child! <laughs>